0: want to get real let's get real it's the stuff nobody talks about labor and everything after what really happens when your water breaks when those contractions start when you get the epidural or if you don't when the baby comes out and how do women really recover from what has happened down there We are pulling back the curtain and having an honest conversation about the stuff the books gloss over. First up, the pros. We have Grace Vera Seeley, who is a doula and childbirth educator, and Gilly Levittine, who is a hypnobirthing expert and a doula. All right, let's get to it. This is Pre-Motherhood with Teresa Priolo. From New York City, USA. Welcome to the Fox 5 Podcast Network. So today we're gonna get real. We are going to talk about what really happens on the lead up to labor, during labor, and after labor. Things I know absolutely nothing about and I have been blissfully unaware, happily, (laughs) and now it's all going to come crashing down and I'm going to learn everything that I need to know. So let me bring in my two guests today. We have Grace and Jilly. First, can you guys introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Grace.
1: I'm Grace Seeley. I'm a birth and postpartum doula, so we'll talk a lot about postpartum today. Good. That's my bread and butter. Um, and I'm also a childbirth educator and a lactation counselor, so I try to, like, encompass all of
0: the So childbirth the and the aftermath is your thing. Yes. all right absolutely. <laughs> And Jillian?
2: So I'm Gilly Levitin uh, of In Her Body. Um, I'm a hypnobirthing practitioner, so I do a lot of work with my clients before the birth and prepare them for the birth, and I'm also a birth doula. So everything that happening before and during is basically my expertise. I also do a lot of services for the postpartum as belly binder and uh, placenta encapsulation and many other things uh, out there.
0: So, Kelly, we'll start with you then. Why do but this is not talked about. Why do... I've read the books, mm-hmm. a lot of them. I now know what it's going to take to get my kid to sleep 12 hours whenever that happens. <laughs> I know the five S's per Dr. Karp with Happiest Baby on the Block. I know how to cherish the first six weeks per another book. <laughs> I've been told what to expect and yet somehow everyone misses the part where the nitty gritty comes into play. How do, why is that?
2: I think that people, mostly women, are very excited about the pregnancy, they're very excited about getting the baby, and this thing in between, they wish they could give it to someone else. (laughs) And uh, the reason why it's like that is because we live in a society that really fear birth. And if I will ask every woman out there what is the first thing that comes to her mind when I say birth, what will you say? Pain. Right, and it's true for 99% of the mommies that I talk to because we do associate birth with pain, with fear, with the unknown. And many, many moms just think, Okay, I'll just stay in that zone and I let my doctor take care of me, and it will be okay. Birth is something extremely strong, Uh, it is a right of path passage. It's an amazing experience. And mommy should open their minds and understand that this can be one of the most amazing, beautiful thing that they get to do. So that's my role. And as we're talking about preparing the parents is taking care of those fears and break them down and help the mommy get into labor and birth way more excited and really at that space where she wants to experience the birth and not just kind of survive it.
0: Grace, she just touched on all of my fears. Like we just (laughs) checked all of them off. Yeah, I didn't, thankfully did not struggle to get pregnant. So that was not a process that I had to endure. It was a surprise and a beautiful surprise. My pregnancy has been wonderful. So I haven't had to go through a lot of the trials and tribulations that a lot of moms suffer through, oftentimes with no relief in sight. Mm So for me, I feel like, oh, no, I'm going to get it when I get into that delivery room. I'm either going to have a kid who's going to be the worst sleeper and the biggest brat, and there's nothing I can do to change that, or I'm going to have a hell of a time in the delivery room. I have to get it someplace. And I feel like it's going to come in the form of pain, which is what Gilly was just talking about. Is that your understanding and your experience that that's why people aren't talking about what really happens in labor because they're afraid of it?
1: I think that people are afraid to scare the person that's going to be giving birth. So like, and I, and I, in a, in a way, I kind of agree in like not giving everybody like the worst stories because you don't want to go into it with like a negative mindset. Um, but I do think that there is that birth and what happens after it's like a process of transformation and sometimes transformation can be hard, you know, and you're going from being like you're own self who takes care of yourself who knows what time you eat what time you take a shower you have your routines for the day you go to work you come back you know you go to your classes you do this you go out with friends and then all of a sudden that stops and that changes and now you have a little person that's dependent on you 24 hours a day and you know one of the questions that people ask me is like am I really not going to get a chance to like take a shower or like brush my teeth <laughs> <laughs> how can that be baby sleep 18 hours a day it's like yeah but they sleep in like little chunks so knowing you know I think like preparing a little bit for that and being open to the fact that it's gonna change and it's probably gonna be somewhat difficult you know like but that you can get through it and it's always changing is one of the things that um, that I think we should impart to people not not so much like keep hidden you know like yes it's difficult for everybody you know in different ways like you might have the most beautiful hypno mm-hmm. and then you go home and you're like oh my god I haven't slept in 36 hours you know and my kid hates me yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the, and that's the thing the baby does not hate you babies don't hate their moms or their dads they just are new they don't know what's going on and so you know one of the things that I like to do is like try to go in with like a really calm mind so that the mom can be calm and the baby can can calm down because if you're like stressed and you're like oh my god this baby hates me that baby's not going to be happy right but you know like if you walk into a party and you're like hi everybody what's going on people are more likely to come and talk to you and like be nice to you same thing then if you're like oh my god I hate all these people they're looking at me strange you know
0: then you get you kind of like get what you give my mom always used to say to me if it was so bad, women all over the world wouldn't be doing this exactly. without medication <laughs> right? every single day. And I would say, well, that is just what you are telling me because you hope to have grandkids one day. <laughs> I, that's totally the line that you're feeding me. But now as I am rapidly approaching the time where I'm going to find myself in the midst of this, I, I, I have tried to adopt that mindset of, okay, everyone mm-hmm. that I have known that has done this has thankfully survived this. Some with the help of medication, others not, some with a C-section, others in uh, non-conventional or untraditional ways that maybe that wouldn't be the way that I would envision birthing my child, but it worked and the kid's here Mm -hmm. and they're good. Yeah. So let's talk about the the lead up to it. First of all, as you guys know, I'm about five weeks out at this point. So um, what can I do from the onset right now that will prepare me for the big day? And then we'll talk about the big day what can I do?
2: So I think that one of the things that are extremely important is to take really good preparation. Uh, I personally advise taking the hypnobirthing, and the reason why I'm such a big believer in the hypnobirthing method, because we do a lot of work on changing the birth mindset. As we say before, moms coming into this experience with a negative mindset and put a lot of focus into how scary and big and unpleasant it's going to be and whether they will survive it or not. Yet, if we're changing the mindset for the mommy and she's getting more excited and more calm and more more peaceful about this experience, what happened is that her defense mechanism would not rise during the actual experience. So if I bring fears into my birth and the process is starting, immediately my body will go into a defense mechanism. And the defense mechanism works against
0: the actual birth. So it tenses up, is that what you're saying? Right,
2: and then what happens is that if if we think about it naturally, if, if my defense mechanism on, it means that I'm under some kind of threat, right? And if I am under some kind of threat, it's not safe for my baby to be born. Right. So my body will basically hold the baby in and resist the birth. But if I come into my birth experience relaxed and calm and peaceful and I don't create any internal resistance, then my body knows exactly what to do, which is laboring and birthing my baby at that time. So what we do in the preparation is step by step breaking down those fears and bringing more room into our mind about the positivity of the birth and shift the focus from the fears and the negative into the positive and the exciting. So this is the first step that I think that's super important for every mom out there to take really good preparation, know what she's going into and change her mindset, surround herself with positivity about birth don't watch anything that is negative about birth, don't uh, read very negative books about birth, just just look for the positivity, make yourself way more excited about it. Then um, nutrition, uh, movement, taking care of your body, doing all Everything that you can in order to prepare your body for that amazing experience and prepare your mind for this amazing experience.
0: It does feel a little bit like you're training for a marathon, though, Grace. Absolutely. It, it does feel yeah. like you have to get your mind past the fact that this is not, for a lot of women, going to be a quick thing.
1: Right. And one of the things that I tell moms is the, when you bring it down to the, basic, the most basic level, the one thing that you have to do when you're in labor is breathe like you need oxygen to come into your body and oxygen to go into the baby. You need to focus, be able to focus on your breath to be able to like get through the surges, the you know, whatever you call it. Are we them, talking like effect. the No, that kind no. of stuff do we do that? Is that We don't do that anymore. <laughs> is that in just the movies? Yeah, oh, okay. in yes. the movies. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so just taking a deep breath in and taking a deep breath out in and out. So what that's one of the things that I do that's really really simple with all the moms when it gets like really intense like just look at me and breathe with me. And that's um one of the things that I think is it's most important because just like a marathon your body's doing a lot of stuff. In this case you can't control the movements of your body like the the you know contractions are happening, the surges are happening. So with a marathon, you're te- you know like you're basically telling your legs to move, but you still have to breathe. You can't like run without breathing. You need to like continue your body um, processes, and that's one of the things that like if you're able to catch yourself in a moment and say like I need to breathe now, take a breath, and that brings
0: you back. And that kind of recenters that, you in a that, lot that of centers ways. Centers you, yeah. That so I think really one helpful. of the biggest differences between the the experiences that you guys. Uh, have both had with moms is I would imagine in a hypnobirth there's no pain medication or not an epidural at least not necessarily Uh, I think that what hypnobirthing
2: provide the moms is empowering birth so they know what they're going into. And even if a mom wants to take epidural and it's her choice to actually take something to relieve discomfort during this process, she still needs to get to an active phase in order to take the epidural so the epidural wouldn't slow down her labor and birth, which will end up with having her getting more intervention that she probably doesn't want. So. Even for moms who want epidol but want minimal interventions, they can take the hypnobirthing and they can get a lot of knowledge and information during this journey.
0: But can you actually deliver the baby in the tub with the medicine attached to your back? Or do you just essentially labor in the tub and then get out of the tub when it's time to have... It, the baby, if that makes any sense. So the
2: hypnobirthing is not necessarily water birth. Um, oh, I thought it. So, I thought they were synonymous. No, <laughs> no, no. So the hypnobirthing is just the method of birthing, and actually, the big majority of my clients are birthing their baby in the regular birthing um, uh, rooms, not the oh, birthing center necessarily or home birth. So it can be a great thing for those moms who want the all natural experience because they get a lot of tools in order to carry through the entire experience, but it doesn't require the water birth uh, on top of it. So every mom who wants the regular setting or even wants the epidural can go with the hypnobirthing. It just prepares her mind, it prepares her with tools how to carry through the surges, how to go through the process in a much more comfortable, relaxed, and empowering
0: way. Grace, can you tell immediately – well, I mean, I know that you, you work with the moms leading up to it. But mm-hmm. do, you, do you instinctively know when you see a mom, especially in that situation, if they're really prepared for this or not, if they're in the right mindset? Or does at some point, do we all just sort of devolve? <laughs> <Do> we <laughs> – I mean, really.
1: Um, we We can devolve or we can – evolve it depends and i've been surprised i've been surprised i've, I've gone into births thinking like oh i'm not sure what's going to happen with this lady you know like and then i'm shocked and amazed at like how she transforms um like i went into a birth fairly recently where i got to her and it was like still the very beginning her water had broken but it was still like a ways to go um, and she was not Handling it well at all, Um, and everybody was looking at me like, "Oh my God, what do we do?"
0: And um, well, when you say not handling it well, was she was the pain more than she could bear? What was she freaking out about? What was to come? What what was she not doing? She was.
1: she was really anxious about the fact that there was gonna be another contraction and another contraction and another contraction. She wanted it to be over. Oh, I And understand it was that. not gonna be over for a while.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, there was still gonna be a lot of work that had to happen and the the place that she had chosen to give birth did not have an epidural.
0: So like what do you mean they didn't have an epidural So it, it was at a birthing center, oh, you know, like I was gonna so... say it's in the hospital, don't get the shipment <laughs>
1: Um, I'm going to make sure they have that shipment there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they have it plenty.
1: Um, so yeah, but she, you know, at some point, you know, we got her in the tub and we got her focused and she actually like handled it like a champ. And it was amazing to go from like what, what I walked into to like an hour later, having her be really focused and being like, that was not so bad. You know, wow. and then continuing on, you know, and continuing on and on and on. <laughs> so it's it can be um, having someone there who's been there before and like having a doula, having a hypnobirther, having, you know, like your midwife or a really good labor and delivery nurse who knows how to get you to that place. And who knows, like, this is normal, you know, who also is walking in there and saying, like, what you're going, you're not dying Nobody's dying here. This is normal. It's hard work. But we're okay. You're okay. It's gonna be all right. You know, who can be really calm about it can really calm the whole atmosphere.
2: I love that story. Because it exactly shows what I was talking about, the resistance, the internal resistance in the body Mm -hmm. because she started probably completely freaking out about what's going on and she was very stressed and therefore the pain was strong, the discomfort was strong, but as soon as you managed to calm her down, let the water do the magic, she went back into letting her body do what it's supposed to do and as she was saying, it wasn't that bad. Yeah.
1: and And that's exactly it yeah she was surrounded by people who loved her and like people who were really calm about it I'm so sorry that's my phone Um. And um. and so she was surrounded by people who were really calm and who were there with her who were like not gonna leave her they were just her people and that really brought her back to her body and being like okay what I'm doing is actually having a baby not going through torture
0: you know. Well, they are sort of synonymous, though, in, in some, <laughs> in some regards, be, yeah. right? Yeah. It's just that often with torture, you don't get a prize at exactly. the end or and a get gift. you most amazing prize. Right, you know? which and happens to be insane. the baby. Yeah. I think a lot of people talk about um, the the point from the epidural on, right? So once you get the epidural, which I thought was... I had I had always had these preconceived notions that it's going to be very scary, and a lot of my friends said actually it doesn't really hurt that much. Yeah. I mean, you'd be very surprised at how little the epidural hurts, especially compared to the contractions that you were having. Should you decide to go that route and get an epidural, but what about once you're in the pro- once you've actually gotten the baby out? What then? What happens at that point? Because you would think that at that point. The work is over, right? You've done it. You got the baby out. That's what you were there to do, and you did it. Is Gilly, is that the end of it? Or is there more that people really don't talk about uh, from that point forward?
2: So once the baby is out, there's a lot of things that are happening. First of all, this this there's this amazing rush of love that the mom will feel towards the baby and this connection and meeting the love of your life. You know for the first time and it's a very emotional strong moment there like the arrival of the baby once the baby is out on you That feeling of achievement, of beauty, of love is just surrounding the room. I I call that moment uh, as the most beautiful moment of their lives. So first of all, it's this step. And I always advise my clients to just stay there. Like have the baby skin to skin. Make sure that you're creating that bonding, that you take full advantage of those amazing moments. You were waiting for your baby for like nine, ten months. Take your time there. Let the time stop and just connect and bond with your baby. Meanwhile, the (laughs) birthing team, (laughs) everybody (laughs) else, will take care of you from your waist down. What happens uh, after birth is that sometimes there's a little tearing or, or some additional work that needs to be done. The placenta is still connected to the mummy and connected to the baby, which is one thing that I would love to talk about, by the sure. way. Um, when the baby is coming out, the baby is still connected to the placenta. So the umbilical cord keep on pulsating. Now one of the things that I highly encourage my client to do is ask for a late uh, clamping cord, so the baby will be able to keep on supported by the placenta, by the oxygen that's coming from the mummy, and having all the blood that is in the uh umbilical cord arriving to the baby's body.
0: So this is one thing. So which, the delayed clamping, which I think is right. yeah. becoming much more popular now. It's pretty yeah. standard now.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's pretty standard. Although Unless in the big, something... big majority of the hospital, like the policies now is to wait a minute or two, but they not necessarily encouraging the full complete process. I encourage my clients to just try it down or ask their um, uh, physician to wait until it's uh, is that five minutes? Is that? Around five minutes or so, uh, four minutes. It depends. Each, each mommy is differently. Then the next step will be uh, the release of the placenta, like after the baby is on you and you kind of just already settle down and you think, okay, I'm done and I have my baby on me. Suddenly there's new pulsation in your womb. And those... Does it feel like th-
0: another contraction? Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. And those pulsations are basically the release of the placenta. And once it's released, usually your caregiver will say like, okay, give me a little push or something. And some moms are scared about that thought. I can just tell you, it's just like coming out of you. It's so easy after the baby was coming out of you. It's. No word right. and whatsoever.
0: after everything you've gone through at this point, yeah. Grace, like, come on, you've done it, right? There's no bone. What's one more yeah. push? <laughs> There's
1: no bone, so it's not like you're pushing against something hard. It just kind uh, of, okay. it's it's a little bit like it plops out, sort yeah. of, which
0: right. is not, you know, you know. All right, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. As exactly. long as, as long as we're not, you're not, it's setting not ourselves situation. up for more pain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. So once you deliver the placenta, then what? Then is the job done?
2: Pretty much. The job is never done.
0: (laughs) uh, It's just starting.
2: (laughs) But if it comes to the labor and birth, there's a healing that coming, what we call the postpartum healing. So if we're talking just about the internal experience, then after the birth, there's a lot of the healing that needs to come after birth and there's the breastfeeding that come after the birth and there's a lot of work for the mom to take it easy and let her body go back to what it used to be don't rush things just take your time there
0: grace a lot of moms tell me that they were surprised by the amount of bleeding that occurred afterwards and that's something that people didn't really tell them about right that they were they just were not prepared for that amount of blood to come immediately after and mm-hmm. then for weeks after.
1: Right, so at the very beginning, you get the most, the, the highest amount of blood because um, your your uterus is basically contracting still even though you don't feel it as much and it's kind of like a really really heavy period for the first or even maybe a little more than what you usually use to a heavy period for the first like day or so and then it starts tapering off to like a heavy period and then a light period and then eventually there's it's called so the blood is called lochia and it changes color and there's still stuff coming out for a while so I tell people like around six weeks is when you can stop wearing a panty liner, which is wow, that's a long
0: time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, six weeks. It's and most people are
1: not are used to like not wearing pads anymore. Like very well, few especially since you've had nine months of right bliss, <laughs> right? right. So now you have to like change it all the time and all and so on. But I I make sure that I tell people like you just have to make sure that you're not bleeding too much, uh, which is like changing your pad more than once an hour. Um, or that if your bleeding starts starts to go down and you're bleeding a little less, for some people like after a week there's like barely anything, and then you do something like you go for like a long walk and then you start bleeding more, that's something telling you that you've done too
0: much work. Got it. And that is that a to reason to let, call yeah. a doctor or is that just your body's way of saying slow down, ease up?
1: Yeah, and basically.
2: I think that this whole slowdown is super important, mostly for moms who are experiencing the more easy birth, the more empowering birth. They come out of that experience feeling like they can jump all the way to the moon and back, and they feel like they can do anything. And I always tell them, take your time there. It's just so important to give the body the time that it needs to heal, because even if you had the most easy, comfortable birth still, the healing has to take place. Like when you're carrying a baby inside you, all of your internal organs moving aside and creating the room for the baby to grow there. But after the baby comes out, all of those organs are still shifted and it takes time until everything goes back into place. It takes time until your womb gets shrinked back into its original size. So all of that internal healing, even if you're not aware of it, you have to give your body the time time to heal. And if you don't, then your body will signal. And that's exactly it. This is one of those signals that your body will say, hey, stop, you need to give me time. Right.
0: The other thing that I hear a lot of people not talking about is the unfortunate aspect of hemorrhoids when it comes to birth. Yes. That's not in the book. <laughs> <laughs> that's, there's no chapter on that.
1: And be. what yeah. I hear is,
0: raid the drawers at the hospital and take every last thing that they have this is of course assuming that you have a vaginal delivery and not a c-section which is a different topic but how do moms work around that when it comes to the other complicating issues here of bleeding and and soreness and all that
1: well, one of one really good tip that I'm going to give you is if they have Dermoplast, take as many of the bottles of Dermoplast as you can. It's Which a is numbing a numbing spray? spray? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels amazing on your bottom. If you have hemorrhoids, if you have any tears and stitches or whatever. So um, spraying before you have your first poop, because that's something that they also don't talk about. It's like the first poop is kind of like the hardest one because it... um Great. <laughs> it's it's scary because you're using the same muscles that you were using to push the baby out. And the last time you used those muscles was to push a really big thing.
0: Oh, I thought it was very... because of the hemorrhoids. It's not because of the hemorrhoids. Not it's because everybody of the gets muscle hemorrhoids.
1: Pain. Not everybody gets hemorrhoids. Huh. I mean, some people do. And then that's another kind of
0: like... Bonus. Yeah, another yes. bonus for you. <laughs>
1: Great. Um, but also using a sitz bath, which you can also get from the hospital, mm-hmm. and using like just like salt water or Epsom salts or sitz bath herbs, which you can buy like from Amazon or, um, and just like sitting your bottom, like giving your your bottom a steam, basically. It's like a a vaginal steam Mm -hmm. Um, and, or just sitting in like really warm water for a little while to just like relax everything and let it heal. Warm, moist air um, can be super helpful for that.
0: When you're talking about postpartum, so I would think day one is going to be rough when it comes to dealing with your lower region, does it, progressively get better day by day so like for example for me or the moms that are expecting that are listening one week later should you see a reduction in the size of the hemorrhoids did you see a reduction in the swelling down there should if you did tear that be better I mean how do we measure just like with contractions or with labor we know that there is a build-up to the event how do we measure the the decline to know that we're sort of on the right track
1: I think week by week is better than day by day like if you were saying like the first week is gonna be rougher than the second and then the third is gonna be less rough than the second and much less than the first the first day you kind of most people get some really good Motrin uh, at the very least you know so you, you don't feel it so much as to when you are not on any pain medication and then you go home and you're like oh I have to walk and I have to carry the baby. And the yeah. baby needs to be rocked all the time to, like, feel, you know, like, to be able to go to sleep. And so you're doing a lot of things that you don't assume that you're going to be doing, you know, before you have the baby. And then once you have the baby, you're like, oh, um, I didn't know that I was going to be, like, exercising. You know, yeah. like, right. I had to walk to get this baby to fall asleep. Um, so those, but but it does get easier as time goes on. You know, and so doing the things like doing the numbing spray, doing like uh, washing with a Perry bottle as opposed to like. Wiping with toilet paper, which might make it make your vagina more irritated or like your vulva. Or Perry bottle is like a spray bottle.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a peri
1: bottle is it's like a, a squeeze bottle. So mm. you fill it up with warm water and then you squeeze the water, and and it helps. Also, another little tip is like when you're peeing, if you have stitches, the salt in the pee can make it kind of stinging. So if you're if you squeeze the bottle with warm water at the same time as the pee's coming out, it dilutes the water. It dilutes the pee, rather, so it doesn't feel as stingy. That's a great tip. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what I see
2: is, is usually women do feel better and better as time goes by. It's the physical healing that happening with time and it's also the emotional healing and them getting used to the fact that they became mammoths uh, and getting used to the baby and getting used to breastfeeding the baby and getting used to the new schedule. One of the things that many, many moms not aware of is the fact that they need to match their schedule to their baby's schedule as long as the baby is in the womb the babies are more tend to sleep during daytime because you're moving and rocking them to sleep in your belly and then when you're sleeping during nighttime they're moving around and Mm -hmm. having that party going on it's the same after they're coming out so they keep that schedule of being more active during nighttime and more sleepy during daytime for a few weeks after birth. And mommy has to match her schedule to the baby's schedule. So I think that there's a lot of things that happens with time, like at around four, five, six weeks, baby start to shift into the normal schedule and mommy starts to sleep a little bit more during nighttime. Her body gets a little stronger and the healing happening. At around six weeks, the womb should be already in its original size and she can start and think about exercise again and get a little bit more of some kind of routine for herself. In traditional places, basically, one of the things that I read that was really interesting is that they suggested the mom will be in the bed with the baby for the first three weeks of the baby's life and then the next three weeks, she needs to be around the bed. So I'm aware of the fact that we live in a very hectic city and we can't really take the time and stop everything for six uh, consecutive weeks. But this is basically like if you look at the traditional way of healing, that's basically what is recommended to do. Just stay with your baby, take it easy, give your body the time that it needs, give your mind the time that it needs, and things will get better by six weeks.
0: That's doable. One more thing before we go for the dads out there. Poor dads. I actually do feel badly for a lot of dads that are going to go into this process just not knowing what to expect because it is on mom. And I know that they were willing participants in the whole thing, but <laughs> they really can only watch right. Um <laughs> And sometimes in horror as to what is happening. (laughs) So for the dads out there, or for the moms that need advice for their husbands, what do we tell them? Grace, you can start.
1: Um, That they are—they're not just a bystander in the whole process. Like their presence in the birth is really important because they are the ones that are most emotionally connected to the to the woman giving birth. And so if you have like a nurse or a doula, like they don't know. You know, nobody knows you like your husband knows you. And nobody else is going to be in the room knowing you that way. Um, so it's super important to have uh, that anchor there. And then after the baby comes, that's when their work really starts, like physical physical work. And so... Um, being able to take the time from work, if, you know, now in New York we have paid family leave, you know, mm-hmm. we have to it's figure it out. In yeah. January. yeah. It's gonna be kind of a growing process figuring it out, but being able to take the time so that they can actually split the time and the work that happens, because yes, mom is doing a lot of the feeding, But dad can do everything else you know he can hold the baby he can wake up with the baby and change the diapers he can go out for a walk with the baby and let mom fall asleep you know and one of the things that sometimes is really helpful is to kind of like split the nights so that mom goes to sleep at like she has a feeding uh, she feeds the baby and then goes to sleep at like 8 and then from 8 to 2 let's say or 8 to 12 dad is on with the baby and just brings the baby to mom to feed and then takes over Mm. the rest of the time the the rest of the time mom just can sleep she doesn't have to think about it the baby's not next to her she doesn't have to be like awake and knowing like this baby's gonna need me in five minutes so you can
0: almost it's like dream sleep for two exactly (laughs) yeah
1: and then you switch back and then he gets some sleep and then knowing that she gets a nap during the day or two because it's really important for your healing to be able to sleep. Like, we all know, like, if you break a bone, if you get... When you get a cold, like, the things that are going to be super helpful is sleep yeah. and good rest. nutrition. Yeah. Really good, deep rest. And it's really hard to get that when you have a baby, like, brand new baby. But if you can make that happen in some way by by having... Support by having people come and help you, having people drop off food so you don't have to cook, um, having people come and do your laundry or you know, clean your home or whatever, so that you can just rest in those moments when the baby's sleeping and you can actually feel better sooner than you would otherwise. And so could he, yeah, yeah. Give so you
0: the last word, Gilly. I,
2: I think that the dads need to understand that their presence and their preparation is pivotal for the mom's experience during birth. And I know a lot of daddies who are very concerned about, okay, I, we decided to take a doula and we decided to have or chose a midwife or a doctor and there's the um, nurse in the room. So all of those people really know labor and birth. So what are I supposed to do? So one of the things that is really important to emphasize is that the doula, uh, the doctor, or midwife, or the nurse cannot replace the place of the dead. And as Grace just said, the dad has that energy with the mommy, I mean, that uh, amazing energy that brought them so far. And uh, his touch, his presence, his support to her can help her relax and really feel safe and comfort because by the end of the day when a mom is birthing her baby one of the most important things that she will feel is safe and confident and the dad can provide exactly that and none of the people around them has that ability to know the mom that deep and know how to touch her in a way that is right for her and comfort her in a way that he can so It's really important for the dads to know that they are super important during this process and the mom really, really needs them there. I think we
0: should leave it there. That's perfect. (laughs) Something for everybody. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you both. Before we let you go, can you just tell people where they can find you both? Grace, start with you and then we'll do it again.
1: Um, My name is Grace Verasili. My website is nurturinggrace.com and I work in New York City, all over um, in Brooklyn, Manhattan, parts of Queens.
0: Yep. And That's you said it. you are a postpartum doula.
1: I'm a postpartum doula. I'm also a birth doula and a postpartum doula, and I uh, do lactation support as well.
0: And childbirth education as well. And
1: childbirth education privates. Yep. Okay. At the moment. Thank
2: you. So I'm Gilly Levitin. I work in New York City, Brooklyn, and in the area. Um, I prepare the parents for the birth and with the hypnobirthing method. I'm a uh, birth doula. And People can find me at my email, gilly, at inherbody.com. My website, inherbody.com, is under contractions. So uh, they can just find my information there. And they can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash inherbody and text me there as well. Cool.
0: Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you so much. I know so much more now (laughs) than I did an hour ago. And I feel like I'm not royally prepared. But I'm a step closer. <laughs> yeah. So I'll let you know how it goes. You got Excellent. it. You're good to go. Thanks, yeah. guys. Pre Motherhood with Teresa Priolo is part of the Fox 5 Podcast Network. This episode was recorded, edited, mixed, made awesome by Matt Onimus. The executive producers are myself, Matt Onimus, and Imad Ashgar. Byron Harmon is VP of News, and our vice president and general manager of Fox 5 is Lulione. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments, you just want to say hi, reach out to me on Twitter at Fox5Teresa or on Facebook, Teresa Priolo NY. And stay tuned for our next episode.